Um, alright. Let's fucking do it. Let's do um, this. Um... Right. Bubble game. Well, we're here. Yeah. Are we... Oh, we're recording? We are recording. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the best crossover episode of the Illuminati podcast since the Jeffersons and the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It's definitely the whitest. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. The opposite of the Fresh Prince. Yeah, this is... This oh, is no, that was, Bel-Air. I'm that uh, got awkward. We are joined by Bulls 24-7 beat reporter. Is that what you'd call yourself? Insider? Publisher, beat reporter, insider, jack of all trades. You know? Look at that. <laughs> Dakota Wilson. Dakota, I had your job for about six months, and I realized something. I really hate recruiting. <laughs> yeah, man. It's not as... <laughs> so, and, and honestly, the people that follow it, I totally get it, because like, you cannot win if you do not have good players. So I understand it. Yeah. But if you are 40 years old and jumping in the DMs of a kid that is 16 years old, you that should be a crime. Chris Hansen pops out of a book. Chris Hansen <laughs> should pop in, and that's creepy. Dakota out there trying to figure out where these... That's fine. But hey, you randos on the street, and there was a really good piece on The Athletic this week. Um, was it Matt Fortuna? I forget who wrote it. But, uh, I can't remember. Yeah, anyway, remember. one of them um, about kids at IMG getting randos sliding in the DMs. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, really creepy and weird. But you can't win without good players, and we'll. Well, I'm gonna let you guys talk about that. So let's do everything else that is not recruiting yep. related, and then I'm gonna go like do my real job for a little while while you guys sounds take good the rest while this we podcast. you know yeah do the good part. Uh, so the Gasparilla, excuse me, the Bad Boy Mowers, yeah, Gasparilla Bowl. Thank, you for, saying, thank you for saying I'm brand. Plug them properly. Uh, yeah. Is on Thursday at 8 p.m. on ESPN and likely a thunderstorm. So, (laughs) (laughs) that's just like the cherry on top. It really is. It really is. Uh, USF faces uh, Marshall, who uh, went eight and four, Mm -hmm. uh, six and two in the Conference USA East Division. Coached by Doc Holliday. Goddamn right. And uh, they got paid a hundred thousand dollars to go up to Virginia Tech to. Uh, replaced their game that got canceled due to the hurricane, and they lost 41-20, but I think they ran for over 300 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems to be their go-to mechanism uh, on offense. Uh, the story there for Marshall is their defense. They're outstanding. I think they're 13th in defensive S&P. It's going to be a lot of fun to uh, <laughs> see that defense against uh, a team with a first-time play caller in Justin Barrett. Um, unsure who the quarterback is. We can, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, and we're going to see who really wants to be there. Uh, defensive coordinator, I almost said Raymond Woody. Wow, that's such oh, a good Defensive coordinator, Brian Jean-Marie, said yesterday, it, these bowl games really come down to who wants to be there and wants to play hard, and that's really, that's really what it is. If you yeah. don't care about a bowl game, and these players have every right not to care about this bowl game, uh, you're going to see a shellacking. See Auburn last year. See uh, the team... That we had in 2007, who went to I don't know what bowl game they went to, but uh, they were more uh, so they were partying. Sun Bowl in so Paso, I, I think. I know, I know. I blacked out, so I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, so I, Matt Grothy blacked out. I'm, I'm fairly certain that game never happened. Goddamn it! <laughs> no. Someday we're gonna do the oral history of that game, <laughs> and and I can confirm for this podcast that I have been told by members of the Spirit Squad that were there that there were players that put a little hair in the dog in the water bottle so they could get through the game. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it's and that is not a joke, and that actually really happened. Um, 
Yeah. So I, I agree. Bowl games are about motivation. Um, I had a com- I was at the fancy Gasparilla Bowl party last night at the aquarium, mm-hmm. um, and I talked to a USF staffer, um, and that person iterated exactly what you just said, which is bowl games are about motivation. And with the staff shuffling potentially coming, and some of the younger guys maybe not being that's something that I was gonna I was gonna like, note. Was, it seems like there's a there's a not a lack of enthusiasm by USF going to the bowl skate by the players at least. Um, you know, just noting off of practices and what we've seen on you know the the very few glimpses that we can get, the team is still excited to play this game. The fans may not be that excited about this game because obviously you know, with a pedigree of what we should be we should be playing in a better bowl game but i can tell that the players better bowl game how can you have a better bowl game than one where you race lawn mowers at bush gardens do belly flops on a beach um what else what else we do uh today we were out there building bikes for kids i went out there i went out there today to the park i took some pictures uh, my guy Titus O'Neill was out there, and like not only like that's the thing is like you see Titus with these kids, that, and he does all this community service. You see him with the kids, like he knows all these kids by name, and there's like hundreds of them out mm-hmm. there. It's amazing. Like that guy's that guy's incredible. Um, and they gave we gave away a hundred bikes to a hundred kids from two area middle schools. I think Sly Middle School is one of them, and then another one I can't recall. And the kids were out there building, and and originally it was going to be a race, and then somebody said, well maybe we shouldn't race to put together things that children will ride later. (laughs) So it was going to be a race, and then they said, well, maybe let's not race this. So, um, But they built the bikes, and it was a great event. They had DJ out there in the park. Kids seemed to be having a good time. Then they went to go visit. I think they went to two hospitals afterwards. Yep, uh, Marshall went to Johns Hopkins uh, with Mike Allstott. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's that's his kind of thing. And then uh, USF went to St. Joe's. Mm -hmm. Let's go St. Joe's. Mm -hmm. So... Um, and it's been fun downtown this week. Like, I go to get coffee at Starbucks, and there's, like, people and players in the hotel. I go to Holy Hog yesterday for lunch, and I run into the wife of Marshall's athletic director, Mike Hamrick, Soletta, her and her family. They just got in, so they go to Holy Hog for lunch. And they could not have been nicer. Um, I saw them again last night at the party. And they're just, like, the Marshall people are so nice and just, like, so excited to be in Tampa. Because it's not West Virginia yeah. at this time of year. It's not Marshall, West Virginia. Where the hell is it? Huntington. 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 Sorry. And they were they are very happy and very excited to be here. They had a, they said they had a really good time at the bowl game last time, and I think it's even better because it's in Tampa now. So like, you know, you can say better bowl game, Steve. Honestly, I mean, would you rather be here or the Rose Bowl? I think I you think meant here. I think you meant. <laughs> oh my God, you're, <laughs> Take oh, man. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. That's a homer take of everyone. No, yeah. I, I think he meant more prestigious. He, Historic. He, have you seen this trophy? It's a treasure chest yeah, and I already, filled with things. I already I'm said sorry. on Twitter that I would bolt it unironically to the hood of my fucking car. <laughs> but also, is it better than the assless chaps Birmingham Bowl trophy from last year? It's close. Oh. Pretty quality. Because I, I was up at USF today and I just stared at it and oh, I'll be comparing it. To the other uh, bowl game trophies that USF has, and it, it, mean, it doesn't even this Meineke Car Care trophy that we have. Well, we are, yeah, we, are we also Clemson. have. Uh, we are the reigning, reigning international international champions. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Bowl Mike Ford Mike. is still the international bowl MVP ten years later, and will always be, and will always be. Yeah, uh, so, so, yeah, you know, we already had a pair of Birmingham Bowl trophies. We don't need a, a full set, so I'll take the gas roll. You're lucky, a, Memphis. I had a I had a conversation with You're uh, welcome. An, 
athletics administrative professional at Wake Forest who was playing in that bowl game this year. And uh, it was work-related, but um, he's like, so what can we expect? I've heard these great things about Dreamlane Barbecue. I'm like, yeah, we all know about Dreamlane <laughs> yeah. Barbecue at this point. That's about it. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, so he's like, so what else is there to do? And I'm like, um, Wait to go, go back to, the, to Dreamland. Yeah. Go can, to the black market. That was the only cool thing that I found in Birmingham. The, other part. the black market. The black market. <laughs> like, is it is like that a legit? Trip? You can't black say market? that about Birmingham. Yeah. Explain. Oh, hey. there's a <laughs> oh. there's a there's a bar very hidden, and I, I kid you not, it's just a very hidden bar named the Black Market that does like dollar well hell night on Friday nights. So of course, we roll in at Friday night. Jesus. First place we found was that it was probably the best part about Birmingham. By far. I, I didn't even like Dreamland Barbecue that much. It was just, it was all about the black market. Yeah, Dreamland was in the press box in 2016 and it sucked ass. Yes. But I was also very, very hungover. <laughs> well, yeah, well, we have we have video of what you did that night. Have we ever, pushed, have we ever published the video? How do you think... Oh, that's right, 3500 bucks. That's right. How do you think we raised almost $4,000? Forgot about that part. Good times. Um, so let's get into Marshall real quick. Uh, quarterback Isaiah Green. Uh, pretty hit or miss. Uh, he's completing 55% of his passes, 15 touchdowns, 10 picks. Uh, they they run the ball. That's what that's what they do. They have four backs with over 60 carries. Uh, they almost have four backs over 70. Uh, three different backs have at least three touchdowns. Um, just it's going to be a lot of fun to see this USF uh, run defense go up against this Marshall running attack. And uh, you know you can't even. They shut down Rykel Armstead uh, the week before Black Friday. And then up until the 10-minute mark of the fourth quarter when Charlie Strong basically gave up and punted a, punted the game away, mm-hmm. the defense played really well, albeit without Mackenzie Milton, but they still did well. We're going to see what they do. Uh, some breaking news here. Brandon Boyce no longer with the team. Really? So there's that. Um I thought you were going to give breaking news that wasn't in the Slack channel. I already knew that. Yeah, well, <laughs> fuck off. Um, <laughs> something to note about Isaiah Green. Uh, Conference USA Freshman of the Year. Yes. So he's so, he's not terrible. He's not awful. Uh, <laughs> he's, 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 he's been serviceable for Marshall in their passing game. Correct. I think is the best way to put it. But he did have a very, very, very bad game against Virginia Tech in a very rainy, stormy not great circumstances, kind of foreshadowing to what it's looking like on, yeah. a, on Thursday. Well, Thursday. Deal with in two days. Yeah. So, Dakota, what what do you see? Where what sticks out to you in this matchup? In the matchup, I think uh, USF's running game against Marshall's uh, run defense. I think Marshall's ranked in the top ten against the run this year. So, uh, I think that'll be a good matchup to watch. And I think uh, Marshall's scoring offense is. I believe it's like in the bottom quarter of the country too. So uh, uh, we'll see if USF can put up any points, and if the defense can shut them down a little bit, then we could uh, see a Bulls victory. So do you? Exp- I mean, you you followed recruiting, and this 2018 freshman class and 2017 class have gotten extensive playing time. Has anyone? Has any player surprised you that they've been able to produce and actually do well? Uh, if I'm being honest, I would have to say Johnny Ford probably because he's such a like you, we knew he was electric coming in like you just watch his tape turn it on and he's a quick kid. But I thought he was going to have more of an impact in the return game in his freshman year because I thought that uh, 
Kronk and like Elijah Mack and got in a uh, Duran Bell and people like that would uh, get the bulk of the carry. So I thought he was going to be buried in the backfield. Uh, so I think him and his strong showing this year has been really surprising to me. And defensively, has anyone kind of shown anything that Bulls fans can look forward to? I mean, I like uh, I really like Vincent Davis's game. I know sometimes there's times he appeared that he looked totally like a freshman, but there is times where man, that kid can come up and he's not the biggest guy, but he can lay the wood. He puts it his all into the hit, and he will leave his feet and just like absolutely obliterate somebody. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was the the UMass game. I think he may have murdered a man. Yeah. <laughs> so there's. Actually, is that the guy that got carted off? Because I feel bad if I say Yeah, that. I don't know. He, I, I think he got carted off later. I but thought. I think he ended up being okay. Yeah, yeah that's fine then. Yeah. Um, so for our kicker, but, you know, besides yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, so for USF, we still have no idea who's going to be the quarterback. Uh, Blake Barnett missed two of the last three games, uh, got hurt. Uh, Tulane hurt his shoulder, missed the Cincinnati game. Chris Eladokin and Brett Keane came in and to varying results played and then he came back for Temple and uh, if you haven't seen the picture either go look at it or don't look at it depending on how queasy you are but it's a shock that his leg didn't snap in half um yeah considering what happened to McKenzie yeah and Uh, like this very easily could have been the exact same thing it really could have um he's still battling back he's rehabbing hard uh I don't. I don't think he'll play. I think the what four weeks or so mm-hmm. uh, post injury. I just don't think there's enough time. Unfortunately, I know he's working real hard to get back. Uh, but no walking boot though. No walking boot. It's, I I really don't think he's getting back. It's hard um, to have a walking boot for your entire goddamn leg. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it was like a week or two away, I think he has a. Decent, too good shot to play, but I just I don't see him playing. So I would expect Chris Oladokun and Brett Keane to get in. And for the people who have been asking, there's no, I just don't see any way that Jordan McLeod or Octavius Battle will get into the game. This is ridiculous. You're on a five game losing streak. You're not going to fuck around that much. I promise. You're going to see some trick plays. Uh, Interim OC Justin Burke said that today when we spoke to him uh, up at USF that there'll be some different things, but. It, it's going to be status quo. You can't implement a new offense uh, in 15 practices. You just mm-hmm. can't do it. It'll be interesting, though, because I think I think Justin Burke sees this offense a little bit differently than Sterling because I think Sterling kind of was trying to fit a square peg into a round hole his entire time. And I think Justin can come in and kind of play to the strengths of whichever quarterback he wants to play. Because with Chris, Brett, and Blake, you have three completely different quarterbacks with three completely different styles that prefer three different Beer and shoot offenses, yeah. basically. You know, we could realistically, you know, throw Brett Keen, Brett Keen into a similar kind of stream as uh, RG three in the playing style, and we can throw you know Chris Oldokin into kind of like a Teddy Bridgewater style mm-hmm. uh, when he was at Louisville, and then uh, Blake Barnett is very similar to how Sam Ellinger was, and who was a quarterback for Sam at Texas. Oh God, uh, uh, tall swoops. Yeah, uh, but they wanted Tyrone Swift to do, yeah. which is be a you know a tall, lanky quarterback who can throw it deep and you know run it up the middle when he needs to. Uh, go ahead, Colin, raise your hand. <laughs> We're way overthinking this, boys. Oh yeah, I'm overthinking it because I like to. Like we are, if we're trying to put in an, like an offense and a system for this single game, when we're probably not going to have Barnett, um, let's 
first of all, how about we pick one guy and let him play for more than a quarter at a time, okay? I'm more worried about the rotation and the faith um, in what Justin Burke wants to do than I am about uh, anything else. Um, put battle in there, man. Like, put, you know, like, <laughs> play everybody. And I, this game, look, it's going to be a slop fest anyway, and I almost don't want to put some of the air guys out there because in a slop fest they might, you know, lose some confidence and whatever because the conditions will be so overwhelmingly terrible. But... I mean, if the weather was good, just play everybody. And who cares if we win? Get kids some bird. It doesn't matter. It's a damn exhibition. Let's hope everybody gets has fun. Let's hope nobody gets hurt. I don't care. And yeah, I, said, I really don't care. I, I want to see the Bulls play well, but I don't care. I said this earlier. There's no reason we can't just get silly as fuck in this game. Like, right. Try things we haven't done. It's a gas for a We little haven't little. run a trick play yeah. all year. That would be the time. Yes. Which is sad, but Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think we'll see something. Uh, Randall St. Felix kind of alluded to it. You know, we may see so we may see some trick stuff. You're just going to have to wait until Thursday. 2016 Birmingham Bowl. Brett Keane, first first touchdown. They go for the two. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. More of that, please. What type of play was it? Nah, fucking swing gate. Oh, God damn swing it. Gate. I did it. Why did I open that door? Bring it in. I mean, <laughs> such a dumb ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we'll, we'll see something. Um, you know, I've been pretty critical of Justin Burke and over the last two years, and I mean, pretty, pretty fairly, I'll be honest. I mean, it was, it was pretty fair, but I, I'm, I'm all in on him calling this one game, and if it happens that Charlie Strong chooses him as the next OC, depending on how it goes on Thursday, it, why not? I mean, if he calls a good game, it doesn't really matter how it happens, but if he calls a good game and we see that, okay, yeah, this should have worked, but. The player screwed up, or they dropped the pass, or something. If you just call a good game, you may get something. Your level of comfort with your head coach should not be the qualifying reason why you are hired to coordinate an offense, though. I mean, That's my problem. Not comfort, okay. it's familiarity. Six or one yeah. half dozen the other. Whether it's comfort, familiarity, what I don't. That cannot be your primary directive. Okay, it has to be someone that has reason behind their resume to have that employment. I'll give you a resume for Justin Burke. He, four head coaches during his five years in college at two different schools. He had five OCs, including uh, Matt Wells there at U, uh, Utah State. They crushed North Texas in the bowl game, fifty-two to thirteen. And North Texas was good this year. North Texas was very good. We were very high on Seth Latrell and Graham Harrell for potential <laughs> job openings. Uh, Utah State is the new Utah. <laughs> so, well, I mean, Utah's got Harlan all over them. So there's that. <laughs> Only a matter of time. Leave that in. Keep it in. I'm the boss. Keep it in. I'm the boss. You're not the boss. <laughs> and that's marginal, but yeah, leave it in. Um, <laughs> Colin he also, co-signing. He, he, Colin was, uh, excuse me, uh, Burke was also coached by uh, Mark Trestman, who was the former Bears head coach, but he had a lot of success in the CFL. I think he went back to the CFL and has done well. Uh, Jeff Brom was his OC uh, at Louisville for a year during his, his transfer season. Uh, and then Mike Sanford Sr. was his OC his senior year where uh, it was Charlie Strong's first year at Louisville. They won this bowl game. They won the Beefle Brady's Bowl, and Justin Burke did well that game. And you, you see it. Uh, his mentor is Sean Watson, who came in uh, at Louisville when he started coaching, was the OC there, went to Texas with them. That obviously didn't work out. Sterling Gilbert got the job and then came 
to USF. So four, five different conferences between playing and coaching. A lot of experience. It's the reason why he got to be in this position to call the plays instead of the fan favorite Sean King. It makes sense. Sean King, you're, talk, you're talking to the biggest Sean King stand. He's only been coaching for three years. It's kind of insane to think that he could call a game right now. It's No, it's not. Eh, give it a shot. Uh, no, it's not. I think it is. You, you talk about all of this Justin Burke and what a – okay. Um, Sean King studied under Peyton Manning, Kurt Warner. Like Okay, first, Sean King was at with the Colts for like a day and a half. It was – I think it was like a full game. But he's he learned how to prepare from NFL players. He's been in systems. He's been in college long enough. He had an undefeated season under Rich Rod. Like, Ooh. you want to run spread offenses. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure you want to like, say that's a good thing. Uh, I mean, well, he probably... It's impressive. He probably tell some Richard stories, I guess. But, I mean, the, I just... I think you're overthinking this. I think I might be, but I want to see us either... If my more The thing for me for keeping Sean is, is that at some point you're going to lose the best recruiter you have. And that would be the reason, because if you don't promote him, then he will jump somewhere else, and then you're going to have... You're going to lose your best recruiter, the guy who pulls kids out of Tampa better than anybody... True, Dakota? True, no lies. Okay. And then, so I want to keep him either for that reason or also because he has a legitimate body of work. There, If he was become a coordinator, that would be fine. Um, but I think there's so credence to the fact that I don't think he was even an option for Tulane's OC. But So I would almost rather see, because clearly Charlie's offensive philosophy for the last, well, I don't, his first year at Texas was not horrendous. So the last four years that he's been a head coach, his offense has been somewhere between pathetic and awful, with the exception of Quentin Flowers saving his ass and coming within seconds of a conference championship. So if you've had that's your track record, go, I mean, and I understand he went outside and got Sterling, and that didn't go so well either. And Sterling was his second choice. Okay, fair. But let's maybe we should look outside of the realm of what you know, especially with the way college football is evolving with speed and space and the athletes that USF has in comparison to their schedule, why are we? Why would we take an internal guy unless it's somebody who's willing to come in and shake things up? Or we take an internal guy because if we don't promote him, somebody else is going to grab him and he's your best recruit. Yeah, that's all fair, but I think Charlie has shown the propensity of bringing guys from the outside. I mean, Sean Watson, Mike Sanford, these aren't guys that had been with him for years. I think he, he realizes and knows that the, the OC needs to be someone – that'll fit and the players will respect and someone with some experience I get it and I think that's I think that's partly why he went with Burke because there is there is on the whole more years experience coaching playing Sean King is going to be night and day because Sean King is one of four Bucks quarterbacks with a winning record all time <laughs> but strictly coaching Burke's got to beat by four years yeah that's true that's I, fair. I get why Charlie went with Burke but I still want Sean uh, me too. Yeah. Um, I mean, you guys got predictions for the game? Uh, I, think I think it's going to rain. Projected, <laughs> I think they're two and a half point favorites or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's two, it was two and a half less. And actually, um, I grabbed it at three as soon as Sterling got fired. And I jumped it pretty good because I was like, well, at least now we're going to play hard. Um, it is back up to three. And all of the money is coming. 71% of the bets and 70% of the money is on Marshall. 
94% of the money is on the under, which is now at 52 and open 54 and a half. So that means the gamblers yeah. think the weather is going to be dog yes. shit. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be dog shit. So there my, you go. My prediction is I will keep my record of being asked to leave this game intact and be gone by halftime. That's a good prediction. That's a good prediction. I'll be so, impressed. I, I went to this game last year when it was on the other side, and it was like an old home week of former USF athletic staffers. Literally, there were, I think we took a picture, and there were like eight of us who <laughs> all work, like at ver- who had all worked at USF athletics at one point, and then um, are at this game. So it's a, it's like old home week, and it's a lot. Yeah, of fun. this is another home game. Yeah, it really literally is. for yeah, all game. of us, it's a home game. You know, um, I don't know if Kevin Bronson's going to be able to play this game, but he missed senior day. Uh, with due to an injury, so if he gets a second shot at playing one final game at home, that'd be nice. Can we do uh, questions here, and then um, we'll hit recruiting. Uh, well, let's do questions, and then I'm going to give a prize away, and then we're all going to uh, we're going to recruit. Recruiting. Recruit. All right, tweet at them. Recruit. All right, so this was Slide a fantastic question uh, from at Not Heath. Uh, you're uh, you're forced to restart the football team next year, but only keep one player on offense and one on defense. Who are they? Ford. Dakota. <laughs> uh, what? Johnny Ford on offense, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, man on defense. Can you pick Johnny Ford? Can you pick? Nico? Yeah. Can I, put, can I put him on defense too? Can you pick Nico? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could pick Nico. Oh man. I have an interesting one. Damn, I don't know. I don't know who I pick on defense, honestly. Mike Hampton? He's going to get a lot better. Yeah. he got two more years left. He did really good this year, too. Got targeted a bunch, yeah, I guess. Um, I seriously would pick Johnny Ford twice. (laughs) (laughs) Put him in coverage, too. Yeah. It's fast. (laughs) Restart. So, question is restart the season and... Restart. No, you're restarting the program. Mm -hmm. Oh, so no. You only get to keep two players. It's like a fantasy draft. Yeah, fantasy play. This is your... Your keeper league fantasy. Your keeper league so is it better to choose the younger guys than the older guys? Right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, program yeah, builders. Yeah. Offense, obviously Johnny Ford. There's no question about that. Right. Defense, Dwayne Bowles. Oh, that's mm. Mm. I think Dwayne one. Bowles has a good future if we can put him in the right spot and actually trust him and not put Greg Reeves in a spot. That'd be a good idea. That would be nice. Yeah. All right. Um, or, I mean, I know you hate this. I know you hate him, but Nick Roberts. I, I really I, I think, don't hate him. He's just out of position a lot. Yeah. <laughs> he, he can struggle sometimes, but I, I think he has a I think he has a bright future. But oh man, BJM had a funny thing uh, this guy. yesterday. He was telling me, or he was telling the media, uh, you know, you can ask a freshman or a young guy, okay, what are you supposed to do on this play? And then when they go watch it on film, it looks nothing like it. The kid knows it right before they say hike, and then once it happens, they're like, I don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. I got no idea what I was supposed to do, coach. We I think we. Glossed over that a little bit with a different player before. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. he, he knows where he's supposed to be. It's just, does it's he get not, there? Mm. <laughs> Sometimes not. Um, for me, <sighs> Brad Cecil. All right. I think he'll be a stud. And we've seen from this year, if you don't have an offensive line, you don't really have an offense. So I'm going to go Brad Cecil. Okay. And we've mm-hmm. seen from the Indianapolis Colts, if you don't have an offensive line, you don't really have an offense. You get a good offensive line, Andrew Luck stays healthy, and Marlon Mack goes off. So there's that. Okay. Uh, so Brad Cecil is my pick on offense. Defensively, oh, God damn. Um, Take the cover corner. Take the cover corner. Uh, yeah, but I think it's going to get better. <laughs> uh, Three. <clears throat> 
on. Okay, this is bad podcasting. Yeah. Moving yep. on. Dinner. You lose. So, um, next question. Uh, Pickle says, have you heard the media clip from Burke? Do you think he's going to stay in the Gilbert mindset, or is he going to branch out? Follow-up, pros, cons, but OC in the box versus on the field. Always in the box. Forever mm-hmm. in the box. 100% oh, yeah, be in the box. No. Really? If, yeah. that, this okay. is why you have the QB coach. No, this is no, why no. you have a second okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. coach. Right. So you have the QB coach down on the field talking to him. Right. Oh, so you can see the entire field. Right. And, and DC on the field, I don't mind as much. Because for the defense, you need to be juiced up, and we've seen yeah, it with yeah, Tom Allen compared to Raymond Woody to yeah. compared to BJM, and it's a completely different mindset. But OC upstairs for offense, but OC upstairs always one hundred percent of the time, yeah. no question. Um, and I did not hear the media clip from Burke, and I don't know if he's going to stay in the Gilbert mindset. Have I got an opinion on that? He, oh, I mean, you can't change uh, you can't change anything, and he you know he said that we've done some good stuff. It's debatable, but we. There's been flashes. I would say yeah. there's been flashes in two years. It just hasn't been consistent. Um, I asked him about the sequencing of plays, and he just wants to stay balanced, you know, run past balance, and just, I mean, execute, I guess. Oh, boy. Yeah. I get saying in the same scheme because you can't – they've had this for two years. They're not going to learn new shit overnight, especially for a bowl game that they may not be 100% jazzed about. But it's more than the 50 – or sorry, the five plays they've been running they know other plays. We just haven't used them. So, are we, it, are we sure? No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, throw, throw the ball, man. It's just fucking. Ball game. Game. Like I said, get silly. It's fucking Gasper. Have fun. If if he can call the plays that we are calling against Georgia Tech, yeah, that's 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 what we need to do. Like, mm, yeah. After, I, I think everyone here can agree. After Georgia Tech play calling basically went to complete and utter shit. And that's not a surprise. Um, it just got that super was, conservative. Yeah, game. for no reason. Well, and you can game. If you get tape yeah. on an offense, it's going to be super Yeah, games. unfortunately. Not uh, any game this year. You didn't have you know, diverse yeah. play calling after the first half, You had a half of tape of an offense against an FCS team that Georgia Tech had to go up against. And then once you get you know after Georgia Tech and then after Illinois, and you, you've got enough tape to, to stop this offense. But what I thought was unique was the formations – Kind of stayed consistent after Illinois. We didn't we didn't see as much, I, and up until the UCF game, we really didn't see much unique formation. We didn't see unique you know pass plays. Yeah. And I always heart back to the five curl route we ran against Tulane. Like that Three was a, a row. that a was joke. a real play that we had called multiple times in that game. Was five wide receivers running a five yard curl. Yep. It's just I I just don't understand how that could happen. <laughs> Because we're dumb. Yeah. Let's do. Let's go quickly here, because this yeah. is going to be bad podcasting, and you take too long to answer simple questions. Uh, uh, how much fun are we going to have at the alumni happy hour Wednesday night? Asks Andy. Andy. Hey, Andy. Uh, it's my birthday tomorrow, by the way. So if you see me out there, do not buy me a shot. I am off the liquor until Gasparilla. Buy me a drink. But buy Giggity one. <laughs> buy Nate one. Buy anybody else who's out there one. But buy me a. Yeah, beer. I'll totally be out there. And by the way, it's at you. It's at you, Laylee. So they have their own beer that they brew there, and it's delicious. Good shit. I don't it's like really, it's It's really good beer. Um, is Brian Gregory already the best coach in USF men's basketball history? <laughs> don't you dare. Not yet. Getting there. Not yet. Potential. Are you going to ride for Greenberg here? Is this when you do your Greenberg? You I mean, I have a question <laughs> for Greenberg in my heart for the two basketball camps I had. On Greenberg stand. Green, we got a Greenberg uh, stand. But also uh, Chip Connors. Yeah. Or I, I could even argue Lee Rose, even though he gets to the tournament. 
Um, but I think statistically, you'd have to go with the guy who got the tournament twice and Bobby Pascal. That's Sorry. Um, when is the Hard Rock Trivia Night podcast? I've literally never been, and I love trivia and podcasting. Well, it won't be next week because that'll be Christmas Eve. Yeah. Well, so, it could be. Actually, it'll be Christmas Day. Correct. So, no bueno there. So, we uh, we can't really do it the week after because New Year's Eve. New Year's so, Year's like, first week in January? Possibly. Sure. Book it. All right. Possibly. On it. You know, it'd be. I think Smith's going out of town uh, after Christmas. Oh, so maybe then. She's taking the baby. So maybe then. Uh, maybe baby. Oh, okay, okay. So maybe after. Maybe the week after Christmas. We get a room at the Hard Rock for five hundred dollars. Break out the key lime pie uh, rum. Hey, if they're going to ask us to do their podcast there, they can at least comp us on a Tuesday night. Come on, <laughs> I've looked on Tuesday night. It's still two hundred fifty. No, the, the rack rate is kind of ridiculous there. Yeah. But I, I did go to the to the finishing of the new tower. Yeah. The, the, oh, yeah, the yeah, frame yeah. build on and the new tower is going to make the hotel like three times bigger. So that's good. Do you think USF will be rele- released from the curse of the? Of Captain Bucky by winning the Bad Boy Mowers. I have no what idea. What the fuck is that? Is. Uh, this is more of an episode request, but can you review all of the shenanigans and hearsay from the 2007 Design Ball? We actually kind of did that already. That's <laughs> all the one story. No, this is before I really got involved in, in Voodoo, for what was previously Voodoo 5 and met Colin and hung out there. So I, once again, this game never happened, but I don't know this stuff. So I'm very, very excited to sit in on oh, this. Oh, yeah. Because I was sitting in a condo in Daytona. I threw a knife at my friend's head because he asked me what the score was. That seems intense. That seems a little much. Yeah, he shouldn't have asked. Did he die? <laughs> no. How he shouldn't have asked. Um, I, uh, I've heard rumblings of hashtag transfer season coming. Anyone we should prepare ourselves to lose. Transfer. Well, Jets? You already heard one. Transfer, draft. Uh, whatever. A couple more. I would assume a couple more for sure. I think we... Yeah, I and, no, and by the way, if, oh, can we can we tease this? It could be really like really bad. It, it could be really what bad. position could get hit? Oh hard. god, it could be so bad. It could get hit real hard. I'm transferring honest. to UAB. No <laughs> um, Clark. What else? Hold on. I've got one. Uh, non-conference schedule has obviously been a topic, and USF has positioned well for the next few years. Have you heard any rumors or negotiations to fill out future open dates? Which schools, realistically, would you love to see AD Kelly reach out to? Um, scheduling is weird because it's just sort of like, well, are you free on this day? And then, are you free on this it's day? It's like Colin trying to find it's, a date. It's play it's basically, dates. No, it's, it's play dates with it's children. Like, <laughs> it's play dates with children. It's exactly what it I is. I want Georgia. I want to point out, I would love 2021, yeah. we have an open date and a pretty, it's on a bright schedule that year. Georgia. Obviously, we had Florida. Bama. Do you know how no. the ult, the, it would be the ultimate Fuck troll it. job yeah, if they would be scheduled and, you know, and, and Bama would do it because they are spiteful motherfuckers. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and I love them for it. Oh my I'm God, just saying, if that, first, if that first home game is in Tampa that year, because I don't know how the non-conference schedule is going to work that year, but that first game being in Tampa and then two yes. return to Tuscaloosa. Oh my God, I'd do a three no one for Tuscaloosa. <laughs> I, I don't give a I shit. Would, no. And this is when... It comes into playing nice. This is this is why right. you play nice, you fucking idiots in Oviedo. You just play nice. That's all you got to do. But you can't do it because you're all ex Florida fans, and that's all you know. It's a fair commentary. That last question. I got one after this. Okay. Second to last. Question. What's your what, what's yours? Mine is who wins in a fist fight? Okay. Charlie Strong. Uh huh. Doc Holliday. It's close, but Charlie wins just on Script. youth and movability. You know I, what? I I don't I, know. I, 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 I was no, no. I saw them. I actually saw them hug at the the press conference at uh, at Jackson's. Um, Charlie's got the thickness on him. Yeah, he does. But I, and at this point, Charlie's. They. I'm gonna go. Old man strength's a push. I don't. So since the old man strength is a push, I'm gonna give it to Charlie. Listen, 
If I mean, Charlie gets inside, but, if he gets inside the but jab, there's mountain open. man strength. That's true. And the motherfucker's name is Doc Holliday. I mean, it's Charlie badass. Strong, Doc Holliday. Oh, God, we need a poster. We need a fight poster. Jamie, get on that. <laughs> All right. Um, I think Last question. Last question. Oh, yes, board. Let's talk NIT men's basketball. Maybe? Yeah. Maybe. I said over 500. I am here for a maybe. Not, I over I'm here for a women's NCAA. That's a given. CBI, CBI, CIT, definitely I would almost go likely at this point for one of the smaller tournaments below the NIT. But NIT, Third tournament's below the it, NIT. we are. Mm-hmm. Huh, we are. In we are in range. It is many bowl games. possible. There's like 400 D1 basketball teams. 360, I think it is. I 350. Guess you just need a floor of hoops. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah so uh, that's it for that. Part. Oh, let me give away my tickets. Oh, so right. um, I have, as uh, a member of this wonderful Gasparilla Bowl committee that um, has done really good work, and <laughs> this game is going to grow, and the people that are involved in this have been just, like, the best. So I understand this isn't the ideal thing for um, USF fans necessarily this year, and especially if the weather sucks on Thursday, that's going to suck. But I am really happy and proud to be associated with the event, and I think it's just going to grow year over year. We're already talking about some events that we're going to add for next year, so that's really awesome. Um, but I agreed to take two of the tickets that I were given. I was given, which are fancy East Club club section tickets, um, and I put it out there that I would give the tickets to somebody on Twitter who gave me a good reason. And Molina Omar Seven. That dude got nominated by, by like everybody. everybody. So <laughs> Molina Omar Seven is very deserving. USF alumni finished basic training, just so happens to be back in Tampa on that day, and wants to spend it with his girlfriend. And USF family. There you go. All right, Molina Omar, you win. Congratulations. Thank um, you for your I will, Oh, and your name is apparently Omar Molina. Good job. Uh, according to Twitter. But um, you're shocked by that? I'm not really shocked by it. You think Molina was the first thing <laughs> I understand? Possible. Not her? Yeah. Whatever. You anyway. got the tickets. Congratulations, Sorry. Omar. Sorry Omar, I your name. You got the. We probably screwed up your name. Omar, you um, also uh, apparently are in the U.S. Army, so congratulations. Thank you for your service. Um, we got you a pair of good ones, and enjoy the game. All right. Thank you. All right. Let's talk recruiting. It's, uh, I'm going to work. It's, uh, silly, going to it's silly season. Um, Dakota, this is your bread and butter. Yes, sir. Uh, what should USF fans expect on, uh, tomorrow? Well, USF fans should expect to sign a majority of their class. There's a couple, uh, a couple of prospects that could end up signing with the Bulls tomorrow. Uh, of course, the million-dollar question, all eyes are on what Malcolm Ray from Carroll City is going to do. A lot of crystal balls coming in his favorite FSU. He just took an official visit up there this past weekend, but he's a guy that USF, he is priority number one for this coaching staff, and he is a guy that could come in and – make a pretty much immediate impact he uh he tore it up down there in miami this year and he was one of the players of the year in miami dade county so that's a guy that usf really is uh counting on keeping and could really impact this class uh who who else uh that are what other players who are not committed could be signing with usf tomorrow all right, so there's a couple uncommitted targets that could sign tomorrow, the biggest being uh, the defensive back out of Hutchinson Community College, Calvin Clemens. He's down to Kentucky and USF. He took his official visit to Kentucky uh, the weekend before this past one, and he named them their leader, but he still decided to take his visit to USF this past weekend. 
Uh, I can tell you that he was at uh, practice last week also watching USF before his visit. Um, so that definitely shows that he has some interest. They're a hometown team. He's a Tampa kid, played at Alonzo and Sickles. Uh, knows a ton of guys on the team, played with Chris Oladukin and a couple other guys growing up in youth leagues. He had a great time on his visit, said he loved it. So he is probably priority number one for uh, the possible uncommitted targets tomorrow. Uh, another one out of IMG could be USF's first IMG kid, Jaden Curry, the cornerback. He had some big-time interest in the springtime, got pulled in an offer from Texas A&M uh, as a former North Carolina commit. Uh, he recently took an official visit over the weekend to USF, so that's definitely one to look out for, and that'd be a, I think that'd be a really good uh, land for the staff. Uh, of course, we know the saga that was going on with May's quarterback, Jaquez Evans, uh, announced an offer to Cincinnati last week, uh, swiftly decommitted from USF. Uh, so he's one, and he said he's going to pick between Cincinnati and USF. Um, I think that USF's pretty confident that he's going to end up as a bull, but that's definitely one to watch. And then another guy to watch is a, is a Juco defensive end slash linebacker. He's a hybrid pass rusher named Tyreek Jones. He's former Bowling Green guy uh, from Arizona Western. And he's a guy, he's like 6'3", 230. So he has the size and he's a Juco guy. So you're looking for guys at that level that can make an immediate impact. And obviously we know we got a couple of pass rushers departing the program after this year due to graduation. So that's a big spot. Uh, that's a big hole to fill that we need to work on as well. Uh, and for February, I know Kenny Logan said he's going to commit in February. What, what, what's your gauge on him? So the staff really likes, uh, apparently he really liked his visit and USF's pretty confident in their ability to land him. We got to see obviously where else he takes the visits. I uh, follow the visits. Usually you can tell. Uh, gauge the interest of a prospect and see pretty much where they're going to land. Just follow the visits and you can end up seeing it. It's like the Yellow Brick Road. Uh, another guy that they're looking for and looking at is a defensive end, Stephen Linton, out of, I believe it's Georgia. Uh, I think it's Dublin, Georgia. He's a six, like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, kid, kind of a thin frame. I think he's right around 200 pounds, if that. Uh, but he's had some major interest, took an official visit to Arizona State. I think back in the summer, and then he just took one to USF two weeks ago and then took one to Syracuse, I believe, last weekend. He's a guy that said he was going to uh, sign in February, so that's another one of their biggest targets going forward. Do you see anyone other than Malcolm Ray maybe flipping to another school that's on that commit list? Uh, the only other person that I really think that could is possibly – I don't think he will, but uh, Darius Williams – out of Miami, New Orleans. He just took a visit to FIU. He showed a lot of interest in UCF. Never ended up visiting him, so I don't think they're really going to be a factor. But uh, there's, there. I think he's going to end up with USF, but there's definitely a slim chance that he might uh, end up picking FIU. All right. And uh, t Thomas Nance uh, from Lake Region, he is tight end, defense end, hybrid kind of person. Where do you see him in at the college level? So... He's a guy that can make an impact at either end of the field. I don't know if you watched his tape or not, but mm -hmm. he stands out on both sides of the ball. I I really don't think you can make a bad move with a prospect like this. You stick him at tight end, and I think um, I think he can make an impact. But the staff really likes him at defensive end as a pass rusher. He's around 6'3", 240, 245. So he's got a frame where he can come in, and uh, if he can learn the playbook and everything, that's a kid who could also make an early impact, like I said, with the – 
kind of lack of pass rush next yep. year. Uh, you know, last year a lot of fans were excited with Stacey Kirving being a last-minute flip from UCF to USF. Is there anyone that's committed to another school right now that USF could be in on that just is kind of maybe off the border? Uh, not really right now. I haven't really heard of a lot of the, their focus. Is, I think their main priority is to keep Ray and uh, really get Clements from Kentucky. I think that would be a huge, huge get for them. We lost, I think, what, we lose three starters, three defensive back starters after this season, mm-hmm. uh, multi-year starters. So if you get a Juco guy uh, like Clemens, he's a big body corner. He's a physical corner. You get him and, like, they just got MacArthur Bennett, too. You got two Juco guys that could come in, immediately fill a hole like that. So I think that's their top priority right now. All right. Uh, so it should be a pretty exciting day for you tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Schedule cleared out. Oh, yeah. Best <laughs> believe it. Uh, where can uh, fans follow you, and uh, how are you going to be covering signing day? So I'll have a thread up on the website, uh, just a national signing day thread. You can go in there in the comments, and I'll have VIP info if I hear anything, and just obviously update whose signature, whose uh, letter of intent comes in uh, when. But if you want to follow along, I'll also have it on Twitter at Bulls247. Just follow that handle or my personal handle at DakotaW247. All right, and you know that's the recruiting breakdown. I mean, we don't cover recruiting. Uh, so, I mean, we rely on you and Bulls 24-7, which is probably why we have a better relationship with you than anyone else out there. Yeah, we just don't uh, have a stomach for it. <laughs> we really, we yeah. really don't. And, I mean, you guys do a pretty fantastic job. Do you see USF jumping up in ranking? I mean, I, I know rankings aren't everything, but uh, yes, they are. Sit, sitting fourth in the conference behind the likes of SMU doesn't really sit well with a lot of people, especially the guy talking right now. It, it, you're in the AAC. You're in Florida. How are you lagging behind? Yeah, stupid Texas team. Absolutely. Uh, well, you know, these guys are going to continue to get reevaluated and re-ranked. I mean, last year, right after signing day, we saw Dwayne Boyles bumped up from, like, a, I think he was a two-star all the way up to a four-star. So they're definitely going to keep evaluating uh, up until signing day. And I think that this class, I think we're going to end up with a, definitely, a, I think, a top three class in the in the conference. So. I think uh, the coaches know what they want, and like they said the other day when speaking to us in the media, they're looking right now, it's not necessarily, they have a lot of guys that fill positional needs, but they're looking for difference makers mm-hmm. and guys like Kenny Logan, like who can just, who, just ballers, basically. Yeah, I, I mean, if you haven't checked out his tape, I suggested uh, wide receiver, DB, the dude, uh, a lot of single high safety from him on his tape, and he, he can fly and come downhill and put a lick on you, so it was, it was fun to watch. If, if USF can get him, that would be fantastic for next season. Dakota, I have I have questions. Yes. Uh, first of all, what's the creepiest thing you've seen one of your message board subscribers do? <laughs> In terms um, of kids. <laughs> probably try to DM a kid's parent to get information about where a kid's going to go or going to end up. That's probably the worst, and I don't really... I don't know what really possesses somebody to do that, but, I mean... That's your prerogative. You probably need to get a new hobby. (laughs) I have heard from multiple people around the program that one of the issues that USF has in terms of recruiting is that we're not, we don't cheat very well or very much. Do you find that to be true that like these booster groups that are out there around other, um, out there in the, the recruiting Alabama type teams. I I mean, you you just look at, and I obviously it's my alma mater. Like I love USF, but you look at purely just our donor numbers. We don't have the donors to 
we would play dirty. If we were playing dirty, we would have the football center built already, yeah. and we'd have somebody's we name slapped on there. That is true, but the teams that we're competing against, like, they don't have any. Like, USF still has more donors than down the street. Like, and except for UConn, which has basketball donors. I don't, I mean, they, you know, I'm sure <laughs> they've been caught cheating at basketball. Didn't you noticed. say there was only like a handful of people like, keeping UConn football afloat? I would not doubt I didn't that. Know. No, you, it was UMass. Oh, oh that's two guys. Oh, like two guys. Paying Never mind. Two guys paying for everything there. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um, they're, building a, they're building an indoor practice facility. And then my last question. <laughs> for us. <laughs> my last question for you is is having you know I I did it for a while and I just recruiting wasn't my thing and you've done a hell of a job amazing work um, we certainly have issues with how we interact with the university sometimes through media relations how is that relationship for you and do you have challenges and struggles dealing with this program and or the coaching and or the staff um, so that it makes things more difficult to do your no live video at practice. Yeah, that's well, that I mean, that's kind of yeah. There's there's a couple things that uh, that USF does that it's like I guess it would be a little different that I see like other reporters like allowed to do and stuff. But I mean, for the most part, no. Nah, the staff's like really helpful. I think. Okay. Um, I mean, they're they're obviously everybody like certain things like transfers and things like that. Like they can't really they don't really they have a policy not to talk about it and stuff like that so like things that you would think that they are not going to talk about they're probably not going to talk about it, it is, uh that's it from us at the Bluminati podcast thanks for listening uh go bulls we don't miss you at all Vito. go bulls i miss Vito a lot because this is gonna be my job <laughs> he's, he's yeah uh where is literally, Vito? sneak's literally been a boom operator this entire thing yeah my boom the, broke yeah anyway oh, all right go bulls go bulls, go bulls. Go bulls.